Good morning, people of God. Good morning, friends in Christ. Welcome to worship. Welcome to worship on this Trinity Sunday. We are celebrating God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Creator, God the Redeemer, God the Sustainer. And it is Father's Day, so we welcome all dads, all granddads, all men of the congregation on this Father's Day. We have a treat for you going out of worship, and the treat is going to be a mystery, (laughs) but you're going to get three of them. Why three? Trinity Sunday, Trinity Sunday. Okay, all right, all right. So all visitors, welcome. Please sign the friendship books and pass them along. We might have record of your worship. We might greet you by name. We have the Kabeska family here. We're going to be going immediately following from worship into the fireside room, as many people as possible to fit in the fireside room. Um, Carl Glasgow made us beautiful plaques, and we are dedicating the fireside room to Leo and Virginia's memory. And Dale is here to introduce his family. Welcome to the Cabesta family. Wow, congratulations. Happy day. Happy day. Um, Steve is here. Raise your hand, Steve. Nice to see you. Um, Dick Clark is here. Raise your hand, Dick Clark. That's the Dick Clark right there, right there. Other guests that we could introduce this morning. Tuesday, we are hosting the Costa Mesa High School Baccalaureate in this sanctuary at 9 o'clock. Many of us are involved with that. Ping pong tournament went well yesterday. Good job. Good. After service, we'll have some excess baked sales goods. Also, the proceeds will go to Bake sale goods after worship. We're there. We're there. Um, PW and Lunch Bunch meets this Wednesday for some kind of farewell to someone. And our Operation Christmas Child gifts for the month of June is craft kits. And most importantly, next Sunday is Candidating Sunday. We welcome Reverend Jason Griffiths and his wife Malia and son Ezekiel, Zeke, and daughter Elsie. And they will be with us to candidate for the pastorate here at uh, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, Costa Mesa. So come out, bring your friends. We'll have a congregational meeting following worship to vote on Reverend Jason as our next pastor, and then also vote on terms of call. So come and meet him. We'll have some question and answer time. He'll preach his sermon. He'll tell a children's story, and you'll see him in all of his glory and his family. So that's a very exciting time in the life of our church. Thank you to our 
pastor nominating committee for doing such a good job bringing Reverend Jason and his family to us. And you can hear and read more about him on this sheet following worship. Don't take it now because you'll read it during my sermon. Other announcements to give. Let's stand and greet each other in Christ. Say hello. Anything about Vacation Bible School you want to say? We'll do it. Children's story. Children's story. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Would everyone take their seats, please, as we prepare ourselves for worship? Okay. We need Cornell. <laughs> And as we quiet our hearts and minds, we invite the choir to call us into worship. So would you please stand? join me in the call to worship. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of God's glory. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Our Lord is a great God who says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last the beginning and the end. O blessed Trinity, in whom we know the maker of all things seen and unseen, the Savior of all, both near and far, by your Spirit, enable us so to worship your divine majesty that with all the company of heaven we may magnify your glorious name, saying, Holy, 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 glory to you, O Lord Most High. Amen. Amen. And now let us join together in singing those words, holy, holy, holy.
seated. And may we have all the boys and girls and youth and young at heart to come forward and sit on this side of the chancel. We have some pictures to look at on the screen in a moment. Nice to see you all. So today, two things going on. It's Trinity Sunday that God is one God, but three persons. Is that hard to understand? One God, three persons. All right, let me try to illustrate that. Here's Jeff. Here's Jeff. Jeff is one, one being, right? He's a human being, right? But he's also a father. He's also a husband. And he's also a son. He's also a brother, but that's going to be confusing. So we'll just keep it at father, husband, son. One Jeff, three different roles. One God, the Father does something, the Son does something, the Holy Spirit does something. We're going to talk about that in our sermon with the big boys and girls. But today is also Father's Day. I want you to think about your fathers or maybe a father figure in your life. How would you describe your father or a father figure? Yes. Kind. Thank you. How else? Yes. Funny. Funny. Those are good, good characteristics. How would you describe a father or a father figure in your life, Don? Always there, no matter what. Here are some pictures of fathers that we'll look at for a moment. Look at that father. He's put his arm around his son. Maybe he's explaining something to his son or, or listening to his son. Always there. What is that father doing? Blowing bubbles. So do our fathers play with us? Do we have fun? With our fathers? Yeah? Ooh, that little girl has great concentration. What do you think that father's doing with his daughter? Homework. homework. Do your dads ever help you out with homework? Or did they? Was that, <laughs> was that mom's job? Wow, look how tall that little boy is because he's on his father's, what? Shoulders, yeah. Do you ever put your daughter on your shoulders? Oh, yeah. Well, that's an older daughter, right? And he is still young enough to ride a bike. <laughs> wow. <laughs> how many here are young enough to ride a bike? Of course you are. I don't know. I don't know. Any others? 
Oh, happy Father's Day. So what are you going to do today with your fathers? Yes? Oh, are you? Well, that's very important. And are some of you going to lunch with your fathers or going to give a gift to your fathers? Yeah, you are? Okay, give a gift to your fathers. All right, all good. So happy Trinity Sunday and happy Father's Day. And uh, we'll see you boys and girls a little bit later on because you're going to pass out some gifts to our fathers. Thank you. Lord, we are grateful for this good day that we can celebrate you as um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, and Sanctifier. And we can also celebrate our fathers, those men in our lives that have been important to us, and we give you thanks for them. So watch over the rest of our time this morning. Be with us now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, off to your activities, various things. Here we go. So 
better is one better is one your house better is one day thousands elsewhere 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 Now let us continue our worship with a time of confession. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In humility and faith, let us confess our sin to God. Join me in this prayer. God of grace, love, and communion, we confess that we have failed to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We ignore your commandments, stray from your way, and follow other gods. Have mercy on us. Forgive our sin and raise us to new life, that we may serve you faithfully and give honor to your holy name. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. May the God of mercy who forgives all your sins strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. Glory be to
We thank all of our talented, gifted, dedicated musicians who lead us into the nearer presence of God week by week. Thank you. Thank you. On this Trinity Sunday, we have two scriptures before us, the first taken from Proverbs chapter 8. Let us listen for God's word to us. Does not wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice on the heights beside the way at the crossroads she stands and takes her stand beside the gates in front of the town at the entrance of the portal she cries out to you O people I call and my cry is to all that live the Lord created me at the beginning of his work the first of his acts of long ago. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the world. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. And when he had not yet made earth and fields or the world's first bits of soil, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the foundations of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master worker, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. Our New Testament lesson is taken from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 1. He writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places just as He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him in love. He destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace that He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and insight. He has made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure that He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance having been destined according to the purpose of Him who accomplishes all things according to His counsel and will, so that we, we who were the first to set our hope in Christ, we might live for the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in Him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit." This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's people to the praise of His glory. 
The word of the Lord. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts, be pleasing to you. We worship this day through Christ, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. On this Sunday after Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, we have two texts before us, Proverbs 8, which I will lightly touch upon, and then that one can't take a breath, the celebrated Ephesians 1 scripture. And my theme on this Trinity Sunday is that the doctrine of the Trinity, that God is one God, yet revealed in three persons, that notion of the Trinity about which 4th century Athanasius of Egypt wrote, we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons nor dividing the substance. That seemingly complex, obscure, and irrelevant to some theology that God is three, yet God is one, is something like a theory of mine. And the theory is this. In professional baseball, in a professional baseball stadium, those who occupy the expensive seats, that is, those seats closer to the field, are less likely to understand the game of baseball than those of us who sit in the inexpensive, sometimes unfairly called the cheap seats, those far from the field. It's been a personal theory. It's been tested over years by my untrammeled eye of experience, and I promise you it has some bearing on the Trinity and Trinity Sunday. So let's look at Proverbs 8. The takeaway from Proverbs 8 may be this. God is a rational, reasonable God who created a rational and reasonable world. And the poet gets at that truth that God is a God of righteousness and order by borrowing from an ancient Near Eastern wisdom tradition that sees a feminine voice calling out for all to hear There she is in the most conspicuous, populated, high-profile spaces, writes one commentator. She's Lady Wisdom, and she cries out at the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand besides the gates, at portal entrances, she calls out. And what does Lady Wisdom say? She says, first of all, that she was with God, all along from the beginning of the created order. She was there with God, beside God, working with God as a master builder. Before the mountains, I was shaped. Before the hills, I was brought forth. So this poet, this proverbial, ooh, proverbial poet, if you will, is saying by way of metaphor and personification that the wisdom The lady wisdom was there all along when God was doing what? Creating an orderly world. When God established the heavens, drawing a circle on the face 
of the depth, making firm the skies above. And there you have the idea that the ancients believed they lived under a dome. The sea has limits. The earth has foundations. Lady Wisdom is working beside God, which is to say in poetic voice that we live in an orderly and God creates an orderly world and concludes the poet, we rejoice in the inhabited world and we delight in the human race. We Presbyterians who try to do everything as the Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians decently and in order, we love this Proverbs 8 lesson that God is a rational, reasonable God who creates a rational and reasonable world so life is under God's control. Wisdom and truth may be known. Evil may be kept at a safe distance until it's not. We Reformed believers may even love the assurance that we live in a created order that the sun rises every morning, that gravity actually works, and people repay good for good until it doesn't. It was an honor to sit with my brother John the last 13 days of his earthly life up in Portland. And he met his earthly depth with um, deep conviction in God, abiding confidence in Christ, and abounding courage in the Holy Spirit. John would have liked those three C's. Conviction, confidence, and courage on this Trinity Sunday. So thankfully, we do rejoice in the truths of Proverbs 8 that we live in an orderly and good world, and we are governed by an orderly and good God, yet there is suffering and difficulty and death to a 63-year-old believing man. Why is that? And the Gospel of Proverbs 8 this morning is that the God of order and goodness is also the God of compassion, whose own heart is broken by the death of children, women, men, who fall victim of disease and disaster and war, and that God of compassion gives divine compassion to you and me to stand beside those who are grieving. Let's go to Ephesians 1. Oh, look at your bulletins. You have the three points there in your bulletins and sermon notes. Ephesians was a letter circulated and read aloud to church after church in the seaport village of Ephesus and beyond what is today western Turkey, written by either the Apostle Paul or a disciple of Paul, but in close keeping with a tradition of Paul. And Paul often begins his letters with thanksgiving, and he does so in Ephesians 1, no exception. Indeed, the first chapter is taken up entirely by expressions of thanksgiving and praise. So we are caught up with the writer in cascading blessings and praise to God, that God, our first lesson, in fact, all this lesson, verses 3 through 14, did you know this, Greek scholars, is one continuous sentence. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, begins the writer. Why is God to be blessed? Because God has been a blessing to these early believers, blessing them with every spiritual blessing in Ephesus and beyond, which means that our blessings from God may come in diverse ways as well. Our health, our safety, our homes, our friendships, our families, heaven itself cannot count the manifestations of God's blessings toward us. So on this Trinity Sunday, we see the praise, the doxology, the thanksgiving, the blessings of God in this Ephesians chapter 1. And there it is. We see with the Ephesians and the surrounding communities, we bless God the Father, verses 3 and 4. We bless God the Son, verses 5 to 12. And we thank and bless God the Holy Spirit, verses 13 and 14. So God is Father, or God is Parent, God is Christ, God is Spirit, are blessed because God has been a blessing to us in Ephesians. God has been a blessing for being the God of creation. It's all over the Bible, but not here. God is to be blessed because God is a sustaining God. That's all over the Bible too, but not here in Ephesians 1. Here we bless God in sheer praise and in response with full heart and spirit that God is the God of our redemption. And if you'll pardon me again, I'll borrow my alliterative Baptist, John the Baptist brother's page, that God the Father authors our salvation that God the Son, what does it say on your papers? Accomplishes our salvation, and God the Spirit applies that act of purchasing us and all who believe with a price. So we see that language, first of all, of authorship, don't we? God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before God in love, verse 4. God destined us for adoption as God's children according to God's good pleasure, verse 5. Before we get into some kind of uh, timeline, you know, when was it that God made that choice after God created the order or before? Remember that God is beyond time and space. As one commentator notes, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. It's like trying to figure out when God, the Christ, the Word began in John 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We can't imagine when God was not for us and not against us in Romans 8. God authors, and yet God also in Christ accomplished that salvation in a specific way. To use the language of this Ephesians text, in Christ we have redemption through His blood according to His good pleasure, verse 7, that He set forth to us in Christ. In Christ we have obtained an inheritance so that we who were the first to set our hope in Christ might live for the praise of His glory, verse 12. Every one of these phrases is laden with meaning, and sermons could be and have been preached on every single phrase here, yet it comes down to us to the sixth word of the cross. Remember? It is finished. 
The old story is told of the revival tents that came to town. Night after night of meetings, and after two weeks, the revival closed. The tents were being pulled down, and a young boy came out to the field and said to the preacher who was pulling down the stakes, the boy said, I want to be saved. And the preacher said, it's too late. It's too late. And the boy said, you mean just because the revival's over, I can't be saved? And he said, no, no, it's too late because long ago your redemption was accomplished at the blood-stained cross at the empty tomb. The writer of 1 John puts it this way, this is love, not that we love God, but that God first loved us and sent the Son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Christ has accomplished our salvation. And that's the rub for us in North America. But before we get to the rub, thirdly, God the Holy Spirit, what? Applies the Father's authorship and the Son's accomplishment of that salvation. And the writer describes that application of the Spirit this way, in Him you also that were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge. This is the guarantee of our inheritance toward redemption. It's the Spirit, it's the wind, it's the Ruach that makes this grand redemption alive in and to our hearts. And by God's grace, the Spirit works differently in different people. We may be hard-hearted or closed-minded to the things of God, and the Holy Spirit will blow uniquely into every waiting heart divine words, softening our spirits to spiritual matters. We may be feeling inordinately guilty or unhealthily sad about our lives, and the Holy Spirit will bring healing and confidence and joy. So the Holy Spirit brings God's redemption uniquely to our waiting hearts, said the Apostle Paul to the Romans, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. The Spirit intercedes for us in sighs too deep for words, tailor-made gospel for you and me. Trinity Sunday, we'll go back to that wonderful symbol. Thank you, Sharon. Trinity Sunday was appointed in the church calendar in the late 13th and 14th centuries. About the same time, another feast day was named. And this feast day was strategically placed after Trinity and still appears on our church calendar next Sunday. Next Sunday is Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. Sunday appearing always the Sunday after Trinity. Communion is shared for all Christ's body. You see, the understanding of the Trinity that God authors, God accomplishes, God applies the gospel is not just for theologians in musty libraries like Fuller Theological Seminary or Westminster, Princeton, and Union Seminaries. The gospel is for us, and the Trinity is for us who sit in the inexpensive seats far from the field, we too can know the good news of the Trinity. But the rub. The rub comes when we truly get that God authors, God accomplishes, and God applies our salvation. 
We in the cheap seats say, you mean I can't buy these tickets? You mean I can't pay for these seats? God destines, God wills, God reveals, God purposes. What can I add to that? And the answer is nothing. Well, I'd like to contribute something, please. And the writer says, oh yes, you can contribute one thing. You can contribute praise. I was talking with John the Baptist about this sermon a couple of months ago. And he said to me, be sure and tell those Presbyterians that after every God the Father authors, God the Son accomplishes, God the Holy Spirit applies, after every refrain, there is praise. God the Father, next verse, to the praise of God's glorious name. God the Son, verse 12, to the praise of God's glory. God the Holy Spirit, 14, to the praise of God's glory. John said, be sure to tell those Presbyterians that. So I just did. The old Westminster divines had it right. Our chief purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. Trinity Sunday. God has done it all. Enjoy the game. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the promises of our God abide forever. Amen. We sing our hymn of response, a wonderful Trinitarian hymn, Come Thou Almighty King, Please Rise.
respond to that gracious love of God in Christ by presenting our morning tithes and offerings. Our ushers will please wait upon us. out of my knees there is one thing better than knowing we are redeemed I'm believing trusting in creative hands I am praying for our world to bow to your plan and this one thought is unmistakable that's to take up my cross and follow you, Lord. When you stand, the tall trees and mountains bow. When you speak, the fiercest of oceans is still. And I see the sinner seek devotion. The lost become chosen. I fall to my knees I'm forgiven by a Savior who did not deserve death He was blameless I was lost in shamefulness I'm delivered but it doesn't seem right unless I keep my eyes full on the Savior who gave his life the middle of a world that denies it
sinners seek devotion, lost become chosen, and I fall to my knees. Fall to my knees, Please be seated. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. On the strength of that promise, God's promise, let us approach God's throne of grace in prayer together. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, we praise and worship you this Trinity Sunday morning. Almighty God, on this Father's Day 2019, we give thanks for the fathers in our lives and for those who stand in for fathers when needed. Bless each one and give them your guidance and strength to parent well realizing that not everyone has had a positive experience with their fathers. If there are any here holding on to ill will for their father, we pray for mercy and forgiveness. As we approach the end of the school year, we pray that students and teachers will finish well and look forward to the respite and enjoyment of summer. We pray, too, for the Costa Mesa High School Baccalaureate service that will be held here this week, and for all the graduates. May you bless them and guide them on their next steps. Lord, the work of the PNC is almost done, and next week we will hear and welcome Reverend Jason Griffiths and his wife Malia and their children for his candidate sermon. Bless him this week as he prepares to meet us, and bless the PNC for their hard work in finding our new pastor. Father, we have so many needs right here in our midst. We pray for your hand of mercy and healing on Joan Clamp, who was hospitalized this week, for Johnny Ernest, who is at home receiving care, and for his wife, Patty and for Charlotte Kalenda, also at home receiving care. May they feel a fresh touch from your Holy Spirit today. We pray, too, for Carol Rampey, the owner of United Script, who lost her husband, Dr. Stan Rampey, in a tragic plane crash this week. And we pause now for a moment of silent prayers 
for those close to us in need of a fresh touch from you today, Lord. It is with humble hearts full of gratitude that we come before you with our prayers and petitions and also join together and pray as you taught your disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you will please rise, we are going to continue with our worship singing, This is Our Father's World. that we have coffee and refreshments in the fellowship hall following worship and also after the postlude we'll gather in the fireside room with the Kabeska family to remember Virginia and Leo so we invite you over there as well let us receive the benediction and now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one this day this night in the season of Pentecost and forevermore. Amen. <clears throat>
This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.